Welcome to Confessions of a Terrible Leader, where real leaders share the raw truth about the lessons they learned the hard way so you don't have to. Join our host, Lacey Nelson, founder of Transcend Leadership Collective and former terrible leader. Every leader can become worthy of being followed if they are willing to put in the work. On this podcast, we share the messy stories and behind-the-scenes reality of what the work actually entails. We welcome you to this community of revolutionary leaders who believe honest communication, healthy conflict, and building cultures of acceptance, respect, and trust are not only possible, but non-negotiable for cultivating world-class teams. I am so excited, listeners, to welcome Meredith Root of Tactic Functional Nutrition to the program today. She is um, an a woman who has built an incredible um, method and ability to connect and offer real, applicable, science-based learning around nutrition and fitness and, and brings nutrition messaging, like marries it to science in such a beautiful way. And why I invited her on, and, and we're so happy you're officially our first guest, Meredith, so thank you. Amazing. <laughs> is that you have you you and Alex together have this really massive online following um what is your combined count and the reason it's relevant is because it's connected to the scope of your influence which is a big part of leadership right yeah um I think combined would be around if you count um tactic and then both of our personal accounts we're sitting around 280,000 yeah that's like a city that's a large, yeah. that's a large city. <laughs> so <laughs> could you, would you mind, first of all, leaving, adding anything in that I left out in your introduction and also just giving us a little snippet of your history, like the, the two sentence, three sentence version, sped up version of get mm -hmm. from where you started in your career, in your growth of career development to where you are now. Cause I know you didn't start in this line of work. No, yeah, I uh, I started in engineering. That's my background. So I actually worked in uh, biotech and biopharmaceutical development for about six and a half years, and then took some time off to kind of dabble in um, professional, quote unquote, professional CrossFit. And then um, honestly, Tactic was kind of born out of necessity because I I was coaching nutrition on the side, and I had met Alex during that time and decided to move to Calgary, Alberta, which is in Canada. I'm from the U.S. Mm -hmm. And kind of found out the hard way there was no real industry for me to work in um, mm. with my specific type of uh, engineering background. So um, I was already doing this thing on the side. I really liked it. Um, we had a mentor at the time who's our uh, our fitness coach, Michael Fitzgerald, who mm. basically was like, well, everybody already knows who you are. I had been to the games. Alex had been to the games. We were coaching in the space. He's like, you should just start your own business. Yeah. And that's kind of where tactic came from. It was a Definitely, it wasn't even like a burn the boats situation. The boats had already been burnt. <laughs> it was my only real option for um, for employment uh, in Canada. I wasn't a permanent resident at the time. I was still on a work visa. So it, it okay. Yeah, it, that's kind of where tactic came from. And then obviously, like a love for fitness and nutrition and um, you know creating messaging and things like that. But yeah, that's yeah. that's the birth story. Oh my gosh, it's a great story. It's funny yeah. how our lives take us directions like we never saw coming and then here we are. So yes. what, um, 
like just brass tacks of tactics, functional nutrition. How large is your company right now? Meaning like number of employees, how many people are you guys coaching roughly? Yep. Um, we have 11 uh, employees as coaches who work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we just brought a couple of new ones on and our, our client base has been steadily growing. I'd say as a company, we have a, right now around 500 individual, like one-on-one clients, um, wow. across all of our coaches. And, mm-hmm. um, some of those people have been with us for a long time, so they aren't receiving necessarily like the full service. Mm-hmm. Um, but about, yeah, I would say 450 to 500 people that we work with. Uh, we also write plans. Um, you know, we keep track of our, when people sign up, there's an intake form that they fill out and we keep track of that. And, um, we've never changed it. So we have a total tally and we're right around, uh, 2,800 total intake forms wow. filled out. So that's just the number of people who have come through our system as either clients or plans or right. uh, yeah, people that we've helped. So our, um, mm. yeah, we've helped a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, you have. And when yeah. did you start? Like how, how, over how much time? Yeah. So we founded tactic in 2018, September, on September 17th, 2018. And, okay. um, we started, uh, I like to kind of think of it as like when you're, you know, you're carving something on a marble, it was just this slab of marble. Mm-hmm. And when we started tactic, we had the vision, uh, you know, we just thought we were going to be an athletic performance nutrition company because we were athletes. That was kind of the area that we were working in. And then the more that we worked with people, the more we realized we, we really enjoyed working with, um, like kind of normal people more so than yeah. <laughs> uh, elite athletes because because you can really like I mean athletes they're great we're athletes it does make a big difference for athletic performance and we still work mm-hmm. with a lot of athletes mm-hmm. um, but you can really change someone's life you can really like take someone who's been kind of stuck in the diet industry nutrition industry for decades and and get them out of that and that's mm. that was just something that we really enjoyed um, doing and so that kind of yeah. became our our focus and our, our, like, if you scroll all the way back to like our first post on tactic, you'd have to scroll way back. You can see that shift start to occur. Like you see definitely athletic performance messaging. And then you start to see like, okay, we're just going to speak to the masses because, you know, not only do people really need to hear this, but also like from a business standpoint, you're not fighting for that. Like the 1% of people who identify as athletes, like that's such a small um, population of people. And I'm like, also from a business standpoint, why do I want to do that when there's, right. you know, 90% of people out there would not identify as performance um, athletes. And that doesn't mean that they don't have extendable income and don't need help with their nutrition. So that oh, was a, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What, so is this the first time you've ever owned a business? Uh, it is. Yes. Okay. I owned, um, I, I own, technically owned a business in, when I was in North Carolina, just uh, when I was doing some coaching, like in okay. a gym there, but that wasn't a, that was just a way to pay myself. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and is this the first time then I'm making the leap? This is the first time you've had a team of employees reporting to you. Uh, it is. Yeah. I had, I mean, when I was working as an engineer, I had, a, I had like an intern one time, but that's, okay. yeah, as far as having a large <laughs> team, yes, this is the first time. All right. Uh, how, how has the learning curve been? for you so far um yeah it's tough I mean working with people um especially we hire uh you know we put a we take a lot of care in who we hire we hire uh, a few of the people we we know like we have a relationship with and so we work really hard to kind of level the playing field uh we want our team of coaches to feel like they're our peers and kind of take away that natural, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the boss and you're the employee and you have to do right. what they say. But, you know, I, I always appreciated 
being managed like that as an employee. So that's something that we really try to do. And then, um, you know, it's, it's me and Alex who are, are yeah. working with our team of coaches. So it's, um, you know, we, we talk a lot and we're together all of the time. And mm. so, um, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other about starting up different programs. If we do need to talk to one of our coaches about um, something or provide feedback, like we're really careful with how we do it so that it comes across in the right way. Cause we want our team to feel uh, empowered and like they can make decisions. If we hire really right. smart people who are relatively autonomous, like that's the, the goal. And we want people to have a large um, say in how they do their job. Um, mm -hmm. So we don't, we're kind of just like a guiding hand. And then as long as, honestly, as long as our standards of service are being met, um, we want our coaches to offer their unique perspective to the clients right. that they have. Like each coach builds their little tribe of people. And that's, mm -hmm. that's our, ultimately our goal. Nice. I appreciate the, the setting up of the guardrails. Like here's the non-negotiables. Here's the things yeah. that you don't have room to make choices about but there's so much more that you do. Like, here's all the space in between. Just don't yeah. fall off the edge of the cliff either way. Yeah. And we're going to exactly. be good. <laughs> so tell me if you are willing, these are, this is a big question we ask every guest and we'll be asking every guest on our show is what is one of the most impactful, memorable, biggest mistakes you've made in your leadership journey thus far that you're willing to share with us today oh um gosh that is a, a lofty question yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i you know i guess when you're when you own the business and you've you've brought it up kind of from its infancy it's you care it's like the most important thing to you and that's you know that's that definitely been the case with tactic and um with me and Alex. And so there's this natural assumption that the people that you bring on to your team care as much as you do. And they're going to, mm. they're going to put as much time and as much energy and as much, yeah, care into what they do as you do. And, you know, we've, we've gotten pretty lucky with our, with our team, but the, the handful of people that we haven't had luck with on our team, that's been the assumption is that, you know, they're going to take care of this thing because it's, um, you know, it's our baby and then they don't. And right. um, so they take that, that, that amount of autonomy and that uh, amount of freedom and they sort of squander it or they take advantage. And um, yeah, ultimately it ends up ending their relationship as an employee with us. And so uh, I guess, you know, the learning opportunity there, uh, and I hate to say it's <laughs> to, to trust people less, um, but it definitely could do a better job vetting on the way in. So asking mm. a different set of questions, like, you know, everybody kind of has to pass the vibe check, but some people can pass the vibe check and then not be particularly effective yep. as an employee. So, um, you know, I guess not jumping straight to the part where you're like buddy, buddy with people when you're trying to hire them and making mm -hmm. sure that you're doing your due diligence with interview questions and involving other senior members of the team so that they can, you know, put their eyes on the process and ask other questions and just make sure that, that yeah. Uh, yeah, you're doing the best job that you can to hire someone who is um, going to respect us, respect the role, and respect the amount of freedom that they're given. So if we can rewind a little bit and think about um, when you had those first couple hires where you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> you have yeah. the moment, um, <laughs> this is not going how we want it to be going. What were those flags for you? 
Like what yeah. were the things that you noticed? Um, that's a, that's also a really good question. I guess um, during the, like, it's hard to think back about like during the hiring process, if we would have caught it, cause we just didn't ask the right questions. But yeah, you know, during that time, there was a, there was an era of avoidance uh, with us with communication. You could always tell that there was some calculation going on in response that there was, there was someone, you know, who was trying to manipulate the narrative and mm. only show you what they wanted to show you and just really kind of control um yeah the situation but ultimately like you're working with our clients and if you're right. having if you're struggling to retain our clients and they're providing feedback to us like it's hard to hide that yeah so um yeah i guess avoidance lack of professionalism uh lack of communication and basically in both cases um a lack of resiliency for constructive criticism, like any mm. amount of like criticism to how they were operating in any capacity, just mm -hmm. sort of caused a, a meltdown. So <laughs> those were, yeah. yeah, I guess that was kind of the red flags. And it's, it's really kind of brought us to a point where, um, you know, it's a, <laughs> a higher, slow, fire, fast yes. methodology, um, yes. just to minimize the, not only the impact to our business and to the people who put their trust in us, but also like, it's emotional having fire, like letting an employee go is the oh. hardest part of this job. It's <laughs> awful. Even yeah, when they really totally, bad. like totally have it coming for, for yeah. something that was like egregious. It still yes. sucks. It's, it's horrible. horrible. <laughs> Look, like the first person that we fired, I, I put a heart rate monitor on and I measured my heart rate while, while I had the conversation and just sitting on the couch, my heart rate yeah. was like 125. Oh it was insane. <laughs> What is your yeah. resting like 52, 55? Yeah, yeah, like low, low 50s. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I just, I really hated that. Oh, it, it is. And it, one of the, it, it just never gets easier either. But no. as you gain more skills, like the process gets, I hate for it to be familiar, but like you can avoid them. First of all, you, you get smarter, right? Like yeah. you, you figure out how do I avoid this? And you said, one of the things that caught my ear is you said, well, we just ask better questions now when we're interviewing. Yeah. interviewing. So yeah. how did it impact how you interview? What have you changed up? Um, so we asked more pointed questions about um, their availability, their communication style. We do some of the interview in writing. So we're a written-based like company. So we're communicating with clients in writing. Some people are really good on the phone and then really bad in writing. And that was mm -hmm. kind of one of the issues. So now we, we do a hybrid where, um, you know, we communicate via text or email for part of the process just to, to see, and this is not something that a, the person's getting interviews even like perceives. Um, but it's just, I want to see how responsive they are. I want to see how yeah. to communicate. Is, does it come across as curt? Is it warm? Do they use punctuation? Like all of these things that are really important right. to us um, that can rub someone the wrong way. We get to see that up front. And then, um, making our expectations on availability just abundantly clear and what mm -hmm. we expect from them. Um, and just asking the question of like, can you, can you meet this expectation? Like, um, you know, a lot of people who work for coaching companies think that, oh, it's really flexible. I can do it from wherever. Um, you know, I can, I can work out or I can do other things. And that's all true. Like it is a very flexible job. Um, yeah, but we expect that people are the people who work for us are very available because we're having conversations as key and we need to be able to get in touch with you for onboarding or client issues. And so when there's a huge lag in communication, that's problematic. Um, 
So we just right. get that a little bit easier we or sooner. And then, um, you know, some of the specific client issues or things that we've seen come up, we just ask the question, like, you know, how would you respond in this specific situation, which is exactly a situation that caused an issue with uh, one of our previous coaches. So mm, we, we, yeah. we take exactly what the problem was, and that's now an interview question. Great. Behavior-based interview questions are money. They are so good where they unpack yeah. a, a scenario for you. How would you problem solve for this? Walk me through your approach to that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, when I was working as an engineer, I was a part of a lot of interview teams. And one of the interview questions that we'd always ask is we would present a situational problem. Um, mm-hmm. and basically say, you're, you're in this situation. Uh, something doesn't go right. What do you do? And the, the answer that would immediately disqualify you for hire is, well, I would go immediately to my manager and ask for their guidance. Like, say, you're done. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing that we, we ask that in a different way. Like, we want people who can problem solve and, Right. You know, try to work through a situation and then if it isn't uh, sufficient or they don't like the outcome, then you bring it to us and say, I tried this, this and this, but it's not working or I don't feel good about it. Or can you just confirm that this is the right way to go about it instead of just like immediately running to mommy and daddy and being like, I don't know what to do. Like, right. Well, <laughs> you know, we already have a lot on our plate and I don't want to have to be like managing every single conversation that a coach is having with, uh, with their clients. Absolutely. So here's a a different like question around you guys are prolific on your Instagram. Like it's incredible. I, I <laughs> am a follower appreciator and have been for a while and it's how I actually was exposed to you. You're the face you, you and Alex are the faces of your company and, yeah. but you have this whole coaching team behind you. How do you manage the client expectation of like, oh, I want to work with them, but they might not get you. In fact, they're yeah. probably not going to. And yeah. um, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I, it, it's just another aspect of, of leadership internally versus externally to the public. Like, how do you mm-hmm. manage that uh, expectation? Yeah, we, this was a big thing for us for a long time. Um, prior to 2020, 2021, kind of when Instagram made its pivot towards uh, video content, mm-hmm. uh, which we, we kind of pivoted right with it. We, you know, we were working really hard to try to get our coaches to, you know, be faces on our page and to write posts and, and be more involved and visible because we were seeing like, you know, this could potentially be a problem. Mm-hmm. And then it, like, there's some hesitancy. I think that everyone deals with a base level of imposter syndrome on the internet. Yeah. And so there was just sort of some, some hesitation from our staff. And then you can't really blame them, right? Like a lot of people just don't want to don't want to put themselves in the fire of social media oh. and in the crosshairs for um, criticism. And so it's like, yep. I, I 100% respect that. And then the, the pivot to video basically just made it really easy for us to be like, well, it's just us because we don't have time to chase our coaches around with a camera right. and get them involved <laughs> right. and have them. Cause it's a skill. Like it's, it's a skill to be on camera. It's really oh. hard to do. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really awkward. You have to practice. You have to be willing to screw it up. Um, so we kind of just made the decision, like, we're not going to try to force our coaches into our page anymore. It's just going to be us. Mm-hmm. And that's really when the Instagram kind of took off. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's because of, you know, me and Alex necessarily specifically. I think it was the messaging and uh, the timing with our videos. But 
we do a lot of communicating with clients uh, before they sign up. Like you can just go on our website and sign up. People do mm-hmm. do that. Um, but a lot of people inquire and they ask about coaches. Uh, they ask if they can work with us and the answer is usually no. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we reassure them. Like one of the things that we do well as a team is we work as a team. We have uh, frequent team meetings. We work through client issues um, as a group. So even though people aren't working with us directly, they still benefit from us being in channels of communication with our coaches. All of our right. coaches are are well aware of our coaching philosophy and our core values, and they coach from that place too. Right. Um, so the, the service is really the same. And frankly, and we say this a lot to people who sign up, um, you're probably going to get better coaching working working with one of our coaches than you will with us because they're going to have it's all they do. They don't yeah run the back of the business. They don't run social media. They're not distracted. Uh, they just coach and they do a yeah. phenomenal job at it. So reassuring people that number one, you're going to get a better service if you don't work with us, and then number two, you're still getting uh, the benefit of of having us in the background um, working through problems and communicating with our team on a fairly right. frequent basis. That- yeah. One of the key things that, that you just said was you assure them that there's alignment around core values. Like they're getting your philosophy, your core values just delivered through someone that has more time and maybe even sometimes more skill at the interpersonal or the, the person-to-person coaching. What do you do with your team to ensure that the core values stay in focus all the time? Yeah, uh, we don't do a lot of talking or reading about nutrition, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> the, the basics of nutrition are really well known. Everyone on our staff has a, a, either an undergrad degree or, or master's or even PhD in um, advanced science or nutrition uh, or a certification. So, like, we don't need to do a lot of talking about the science of nutrition. Everyone gets mm-hmm. that. So we, we do a lot more talking on uh, on psychological concepts. We talk about um different ways to talk to people motivational interviewing is something Mm. that we're all really really familiar with um Mm -hmm. different theories for behavior self-determination theory is one we're all very familiar with we do a a coaches book club where we um you know we read things like lisa Leahy, you know immunity to change we're Mm. we're listening to podcasts that talk about these concepts are really our focus from a coaching standpoint is less on nutrition and more on psychology behavior change uh, barriers to change and core values based, um, yeah, coaching. So that's like, we, we work, work through that as a team. We all kind of digest the same information. If someone listens to a great podcast, they, they share it with the group. Everyone listens to it. We talk about the podcast in a meeting. Um, mm. so we're, we're kind of just making sure that we're all on the same page and with what we're, we're exposing ourselves to and, and the yeah. areas in which we're trying to learn. And that's, um, that's kind of the main, the main way. And we're really like, as a, a key, like I, I say it all the time, we actually just recorded a podcast about our hiring process, but um, we're like just really, really proud of the team that we have now. And, yeah. Um, how just in like sort of lockstep everyone is with, with the mission. It's really incredible to see. Oh, I love, I love that you spend so much energy time and focus making sure that you have alignment of external influences like yeah that's what i'm like i hear core values is so important and that we're all reading the same things talking about the same things hearing that and not that you're all robots or that you're all like you know you all have your own thoughts and your own perspectives you bring to it but great that you can have like a shared language and a shared understanding around it that's that is wonderful um 
So in given that you just uh, were talking about interviewing at the beginning, you just recorded a podcast about interviewing, how has your experience with the hiring process, where you saw that it made mistakes, you adjusted your questions, how is how has that experience shaped the way that you lead today? Um, I, it has definitely made communication um, across the board. Like we just, we're a little bit less ambiguous. We're very clear and explicit with um, expectations up front. Like I think there's, when you're new to leadership and you're, you're working with your, a lot of your peers, you kind of soften your messaging. Like you don't want to, step on toes, you want to make sure everybody feels good, and we mm-hmm. certainly still do that, but um, what makes people feel the, the worst, um, no matter how soft you're delivering the messages, is if you're, you're not clear with expectations, and that leads people in the wrong direction, or it causes misses, and you look back and you think, like, yeah, I could have been, I could have made that more clear, um, in hindsight, I don't think anyone would have been offended by me coming out and saying, look, like, this is what we um, expect this is like this was a miss on your end it's okay yep. it happens um, just kind of like not letting things become a thing because you're yes. trying to protect feelings because ultimately um, you, you just let something snowball and then it is just gonna like you know wreck your house like it, it becomes mm-hmm. an issue no matter what um, so it's mm-hmm. better to address it when it's a small issue and you know not something that has been going on for six weeks and you know everyone knows it as soon as you have the conversation like that's right. so awkward <laughs> so yeah I guess right be more being more upfront with everyone on our team i love it so definitely hearing clarity is kindness it is kind yeah. to be clear it is unkind to have muddied expectations and deal with it right away don't wait don't wait for it to become a thing don't wait for it to become weird just have that conversation, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable now, it's going to be way more uncomfortable in six weeks. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Good. I have one, oh, actually, I'm like, I have two more questions <laughs> for you before we wrap up today. Um, my, my first question is, what would you tell Meredith Root of 2017 if you could write a letter to yourself uh, and it would somehow get delivered across time and space. What would you tell the version of you that existed in 2017 that you would want her to know? Uh, I would probably say uh, start recording videos now. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Start practicing, start recording, start a YouTube, just get in front of a camera um, and, you know, make that in. Because that, uh, that was huge for our business. Excellent. And my final question is, for our listeners, what is just one thing you want them to take home to apply from your learned experience, a pain point you'd love for them to avoid? What is just one thing you want to leave them with? Um, yeah, don't just don't assume anyone is a mind reader. Like I think what you said uh, clarity is kindness is probably been the biggest learning um, thing for both me and Alex. And that's, I think when you work with a partner, um, we, you know, we talk amongst ourselves, we're always on the same page. And so it's easy to assume that everyone else is on the same page too. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a mistake. So just communication is really the key to success in any relationship, whether it's personal, client relationship, 
but certainly in a business relationship where you're leading a team, uh, just communicate clear, communicate um, uh, early, communicate often, and that's really the the best way to yeah to lead a team and minimize pain points. Oh, thank you. That is the very first principle of our Heart First Leadership model is honest yeah. communication. So exactly. that that is a big one. Thank you so much. And if people want to find you, uh, where should they go looking for you? Uh, yeah, on Instagram, that's our, our kind of biggest presence. Uh, tactic is at Tactic Nutrition. And then personally, I'm uh, at Meredith underscore root. And Alex is at AA Parker one. Okay. And is there anything, any exciting thing, any news, anything, any question you wish I would have asked you? Anything <laughs> you want to share with us? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, we, we're kind of constantly growing and evolving. So um, if you come back and, and do another interview with me in a year, it would probably be slightly different. Um, but it's really cool. Like that's, that's the coolest part about owning your business. And I think anyone who does on a business would, would um, attest to, to how interesting and rewarding it is to look back even a year mm-hmm. and uh, appreciate all the growth and the changes and experiences because it's um, it goes by really fast. And uh, if you if you don't stop to appreciate it, you miss it. So um, yeah, it's, it's been great. And I appreciate this conversation a lot. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for making time for us today. And listeners, you got this. Continue your leadership journey. Get out there and go manage like a leader. Thanks for being part of this community of revolutionary leaders who believe honest communication, healthy conflict, and building cultures of acceptance, respect, and trust are not only possible, but non-negotiable for cultivating world-class teams. If one-to-one coaching, engaging workshops, or strategic planning that is actually useful are anything that interests you, make sure to head over to www.transcendleadershipcollective.com to check out our free resources. Confessions of a Terrible Leader is hosted by Lacey Nelson and produced by Mary Scott. Music is by Leif Olson and Mary Scott from the band The Number of Months. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And until next time, go manage like a leader.